Hello Northwest, hope you're doing well this weekend. Um, I've got an announcement before I get started. Uh, our summer interns have produced some great resources to help our students this summer learn the word. They've been using a method called the HEAR method. It's an inductive approach on how to study the Bible and draw application out of the scriptures. We've been using it through the later part of the spring during COVID, and then again, they're gonna use it again during the summer. Our interns will be doing video teaching, and um, they've put out those videos, and then there will be some, some time where we encourage the students to dig deep in the Word by themselves at home. And then the third part is we'll have them jump in to uh, study this in their small groups throughout the summer. Uh, that's what they're going to do, but here's what I want you to do if you're not in student ministry. I want you to join with your students, or even if you don't have students in student ministry, I want you to use this method throughout the summer as well. I want to encourage you to just jump all in and take advantage of the videos that our students are providing. Um, if you have students in your home that are going through this, then talk about it together. Um, but it'd be a great opportunity. It's a great resource. They're doing a great job and just, again, helping our students learn what it means to be disciples who make disciples. And so this inductive Bible study approach is a great way for them to do that. So you can find all of this on the Worship at Home page, and those resources are there, the videos are there, and you can take a look at how you can jump in, get involved and see them, and uh, follow along with our summer interns, our and our students. Okay, let me pray for us. Let's jump into Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God in heaven, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the gift that you are to us and your gift of your Holy Spirit, which allows us to be convicted of sin, allows us to make wrong what is right through your power, and uh, allows us to really understand what you want out of our lives, who you want us to be, and the power that we have to do those things, again, comes from your Spirit as well. So use us this day. Use these words to help us to continue to become disciples you make disciples. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I don't know if you know this or not, but it, um, 2020 has seen a massive baby boom at Northwest Community Church. Now we've been out for several months and so some of you are not aware of all of the babies that have been born, but we've had several. We've had actually three on our staff. We've got Miles, um, we've got Quinn, and we have Cora. And so we have three staff members right now that have just had uh, kids um, in the last uh, five months. And so one of the things that all three of these, these new additions to Northwest, and even any of us for that matter, these three additions right now, what they have in common is that they came into the world screaming. Yep, that's right. They came into the world crying. Perhaps much like most of us, but what happens here is that we understand that crying is a human emotion. Crying is a human emotion. We can be really happy and cry. We can be really sad and cry. We can be really hurt and cry. But crying is a human emotion. But you see, the Bible talks about a way to cry that allows us an invitation to trust God for things we don't understand. That's called lament. A prayer of lament is a cry to the God of the universe from us to, that, that says, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get what you're doing. I'm confused. 
I'm grieving, I'm hurting, and I really don't see that you see me hurting. But a prayer of lament that is all throughout the Psalms, it's all throughout seasons of, of situations in the Bible of different people who have cried out to God because, hey, I just don't understand. And so when we look at, when it talks about crying and venting and, and, and calling out to God in just utter frustration, we know that when we do that, here's what happens. Through lament, we know what happens is it's a freedom to you and I to come to him and say, listen, God, I don't understand what you're doing. But a lament, because it is foundational, its foundation is in Christ and Christ alone, in, God of, in the God of the universe, it's, it's designed to bring us from, some, from sorrow, from um, frustration, to all of that, to just utter trust and confidence that even though we don't know all things, we do know one thing, and that God, that you are good. And, and so I want to, over the next five weeks, um, us and a couple of members are part of the team. Uh, David is going to jump in, and Ryan's going to jump in, Ryan Simchenko. And so we're all going to jump in, and we're going to be teaching. We're going to be teaching um, on, on the issue of lament, a prayer of lament. I don't know a more appropriate prayer for us at this time in our country. Many of us are sitting here going, I don't understand what's going on, God. I don't even want to try to under, try to begin to put words because, Lord, I'm just at a loss. I don't know what to say. Racial injustice, COVID. And I believe what the Lord has given us is he's given us a tool, a tool known as a prayer of lament that I believe can help us in our situation, in our world, in our posture, so that we make sure that we're approaching things today in an attitude of listening, being quick to listen. So, a lament, let me give you a quote right now. A lament is a divinely given invitation to pour out our fears, frustrations, and sorrows for the purpose of helping us to renew our confidence in God. A lament really is broken down in three ways. You can really see these in Psalms like Psalm 13, Psalm 12, Psalm 88, Psalm 86. These are some examples that you can really see how this is broken down. It really starts out with a question or a declaration of pain. God, how long are you going to do this? God, my foes are overtaking me. God, where are you? I don't see you. Then it goes down to the second part, which is the second part of the outline, which is asking for help. Lord, please, please help me during this situation. Rescue me. Help me. And then the last part of a lament, which is so important, so important, is it brings us back to a choice of trust. Because that's the goal of a lament, is to completely place our trust in the one who can change everything and really just reconcile all things. And one day he's going to do that. One day he's going to do that. And I can tell you, Northwest, in the midst of what we're going through right now, I can't wait for that day to take place. I'm looking forward to that day um, every single day of my life, especially lately. I'm looking forward to that. So a psalm of lament is a gift. I went through quite a few things like you went through quite a few things. 
Um, you know, mother-in-law died of cancer in January of 2017, and father-in-law got cancer eight months later, and then my wife got cancer. And David Amon went through a class at Moody Bible College where he went to where he went to college, and it was a it was a class on the Psalms of Lament. David introduced this prayer um, to me, the prayers of lament, and I I just want to tell you I am indebtedly grateful to him, and 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 just. Because it's had a profound impact on my life. A profound impact on my life. It's freedom to me to be able to come to God and look look and just say, I don't get what you're doing. I don't understand. And it's an incredible challenge to remember that he's good and that we can trust him. And a psalm of lament does that in the life of a believer. And I want to submit to you over the next five weeks that my prayer is that you would dive deep into uh, an attitude, a prayer of lament, so that you can, yes, voice your questions to God. And God can, through the power of His Spirit, bring you to a confidence and a trust that He will make what what is wrong right. I believe He'll do that. I believe He will do that in all of the racial injustice that we face. I believe that he'll do that. I, I sit here right now and I go, I know what it, this did for me and I'm praying that over the next couple of weeks I'll do the same for you. So we're gonna read um, um, in Genesis chapter one, verses 26, but I have a quote for you to sort of get our hearts wrapped around a prayer of lament. Lament is not only useful as a means of expressing sorrow, It is a means by which God reminds us about the brokenness of the world. It would be a mistake to think think of lament as a category that only expresses grief that we immediately feel. Lament can be our teacher. Part of the reason why there are so many laments in the Psalms is to remind people that much of life is lived in a minor key, that there are many different kinds of suffering, and that God can still be trusted. Do you get that? God can still be trusted. Lament helps us to see life through a biblical and God-centered lens as we wrestle with pain or loss. It reminds us about the presence of suffering in the world, and it teaches us how to interpret it. And so really, how do we and why do we need this psalm of lament? Here's what took place, and I I want you to work with me. I want you to stay with me, that we're going to jump into Genesis chapter 1 verses um, 24 to 31. I'm actually going to just read verses 26 to 27. This is the first chapter of the book of Genesis. It's where God created everything. And it's like, he made this and it was good. He did this and it was good. And it was good. And it was good. And it was good. He kept saying it was good. Then he comes down to verse 26. And he's almost finished with everything that he's created. And this is what it says in verses uh, 26 to 27. I'm going to read that for us right now. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And so here's what we have right from the beginning, that we were created in the image of God. 
We were fashioned. We were to be representatives of him. We were to be to, 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 to live like him, to walk like him, to talk like him. We were created in his image. We have relationships with other people. And those relationships that we have with other people are supposed to be, they were supposed to be, like relationships that we would have with God the Father before sin entered the world. And so what do we learn from those two? For that verse right there, we learn that we are created in the image of God, that we are to be image bearers. Not only that, we are to be a reflection of him in these relationships, as I said. We are to be a reflection um, of him in these relationships. What does that mean? Well, it simply means that for God so loved, so God loves, then we love. And we are to love like God loves. We are to be kind like God is kind. We are to be just like God is just. We are to stand up for what is wrong and stand up, stand up against for what is wrong and stand up for what is right. Um, God says that he was moved. It says that Jesus was moved with compassion in, in uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, when he saw that they were sheep without a shepherd. He was moved with compassion. And so as image bearers, we were to do that same thing. We were to to love like he would love and have compassion like he would have and have empathy. And that ultimately, 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 every single human being would be treated based on the worth that they were given on the creation of the world because they are made in the image of God. So the last thing that I have for you is, what is what do those two verses teach us right now? What do we know? Being made in the image of God, what does that mean? We all have a god given inherent value all people everywhere for all time that's the way we were created that all people have a god given inherent value here's a quote for you therefore a christian worldview believes that every life has a fundamental value because the value is tied to the imprint of god meaning that we are an image bearer and so here's what we have right now We've been made in the image of God, and so what took place? What happened? Well, we're in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. If we just flip over a chapter, we realize that sin entered the world. Romans chapter 5 says, just as sin entered through one man, that's Adam, grace and forgiveness enters into one, which is Christ Jesus himself. And so what we know right now is that sin has entered the world. And because sin entered the world, which is Romans 5 and, and, and Romans 3.23, for all of sin did fall short of the glory of God, for Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so we recognize that we were created in the image of God, which is to be someone who gives God glory. And because of sin, we're incapable of doing that. And because of sin, we do not value human life like we were designed to do. And that is dangerous, and that is where racism comes from. That is where it comes from. And so what do we do as followers of Jesus in regards to that? I believe, I believe that there's many things that we can do. One of the things that we can do is we can be quick to listen, but but specifically i'm asking you northwest as a member of this church and as a follower of king jesus that i would submit to you a posture 
of lamenting before God over what was God's, God's design, over what we have allowed it to be because of sin. And that we submit this to God. And that we trust him that he will make it right. One day he will eliminate all um, injustice. He will eliminate all of those things. And, and so what is, what, is, what is our result? Where, where do we come from? Where, where do we do about this? I would say that there's one action step that I have for us right now. It's one, but maybe it has several components. Um, I would ask you and I would submit to you that we as a church family, over the next five weeks, that we open up our hearts, that we use the tool that God has given us, which is a prayer of lament, and we lament over the devaluing of humans who are made in the image of God. I'll say it to you again, that we would lament over the devaluing of humans who are made in the image of God. That we would recognize the past and we would listen and be quick to listen. And that we would resolve to be image bearers through the power of the Holy Spirit and treat people with the worth by which they were created. Recognizing that one day, King Jesus is going to come back through the clouds and he's going to make it all right. And I look forward to that. But Northwest, we must pause. We must recognize that this tool that God has given us is a tool that invites us to have freedom to declare whether wherever your heart is on the issue, in terms of whether you have been wronged, whether you have wronged, or whatever the case may be. But it's an opportunity for us to enter into and say, God, I don't understand how we have gotten here. But I'm asking you right now. I'm asking you, in the name of Jesus, God, would you reconcile this? And would you help me to be no part of this. You know, Jesus, when he's getting ready to go to the cross, you know what he did? He lamented. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, his time is getting ready to end. He looks at God the Father, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he looks and he says, Father, is there any other way? Let this cup pass from me. God, I don't understand. I, God, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. God, I'm, 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 I'm. he's not sinful. He didn't say that. But he says, Lord, if there's any other way, would you let this cup pass for me? And then this is what he says at the end. He says, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. You see, what God does, Northwest, through a prayer of lament, is he gives us permission to engage him and talk to him about frustrations and things that are uncertain and things we don't understand. And then it is a, a, a invitation to come back and to trust him. We can trust him. He is good. He will make this right. And he will make a lot of other things right. Because that's why he has the title of the God of creation, 
That's why he is King Jesus. And that is why we serve him. That's why we are disciples who desire to make other disciples. Let us as disciples look to that day when he does come back and make things right. And let us lament over the devaluing of humans who are made in the image of God. May we do that, and may we do that with great grace. Northwest, here's what I want to ask. Here's what I want to finish with as we close up our message for today. Here's what it says. There is a human tendency to forget or ignore the embedded brokenness around us until it directly affects us. We will typically find it easier to lament when we are the ones who are suffering. Lament reminds us that brokenness is a much bigger issue than just its effect on us. May we understand God's gift of lament and that cry of prayer so that we may encounter him like we've never done before. Let us rise up. Let us, let us demonstrate our faith in the God of creation and let us come to him and lament and use the tool by which he's given us so that we may encounter him. Northwest, I love you. Looking forward to five great weeks, as five great weeks as we study this topic together. You are loved. Have a great day.